You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy and welcome to the fifth episode of the 2018 Dragon Con Con Report. Warning, warning, there are now less than a hundred days until Dragon Con. Hmm. Ah! Ah! I'm not scared of you, Gordon. Not scared <laughs> of you at all. Uh, welcome to the special. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting, of course, with director Mike Faber. I'm speechless? almost speechless. I am really speechless. I You seem I, stunned. I thought we had, you know, maybe like 120 days or something. Nope. nope. No, oh man, God! Time moves forward. Yes, I know, I know. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm thrilled for it, but I'm just, you know, I guess I got to start talk contacting these people. I got to schedule my panels. You know, I got to do panels. Yes, they're gonna pile up. I'm sure. We also have with us Darren Noel. Howdy, everybody! What's up? Howdy. Um, how are things going now? Are you like with? Less th- at this point, does this make you kind of go, ooh, I really need to get st- stuff in order? Um, I need to find stuff from last year because <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff in boxes and, and other Right, because you moved, right? I moved. I've got to yeah. start unpacking stuff. But that's going to wait until like July 4th weekend. Uh, that's usually when I start getting into the really focused mode of am I going to do anything for Dragon? What do I have from last year? What do I need to repair? And uh, what do I need to go out and get? So... I've got a few more months on that. Gotcha. Well, you have one box in my mind, I have a few more months. I've got, what, five weeks? So, yeah. <laughs> when, when, you, when you moved, did you have that box that was just marked Dragon Con stuff? Um, box is, sir. Box is. Okay. Yes. Well, you got you to gotta have props. So, you know, and some props don't fit in boxes. So you just got to put them wherever. So I've got to go down my list and find all my stuff and, and put it all together and say, okay, what am I packing? What can I pack now? Got to treat all the leather stuff. I've got to do the sewing touch-ups, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's it's the normal getting together to make the big run to Joann's or wherever so that you can start doing your massive, oh, I'm going to sew this. It's going to look so lovely. And then you wind up glue gunning everything together. So because <laughs> time ticks away. So, yes, and it is going to be here before we know it. Um we also have with us Mary Lou Who. Mary, welcome Hello. back. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And that is this, uh, are we getting towards the, like, uh, you know, crunch time? Or is it still kind of time left? Honestly, I just, like, totally have blinders on. I'm like, mm, la, 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 can't hear you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, the time's coming. We also have with us, uh, for the first time, uh, a fellow member of the ESO Network, straight from Chickentown, Kevin Eldridge is with us. Hello, everybody. I'm very excited to be here on the Dragon Con Report. 
We're excited to have you, sir. I think I first met you at Dragon Con, if I'm not mistaken. So. Oh, bet you did. Even though the, the rumor is you used to live up uh, up my way up here in Massachusetts, but now that's you're down south. Yes, that's true. I, I did uh, live up there. So, yes, he is our second Kevin on this podcast from the Boston area. So Yes, that's true. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Batchelder is up this way as well. Although Absolutely. I usually I usually only see him in Atlanta. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> now that I just know, makes perfect sense for geeks. It does. There. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people around or local here that I only see when I go out of town yep. you know, at conventions. So it makes perfect sense. Um, tell us a little bit about your history with Dragon Con. How long have you been going to the big show? Well, let's see. I have kind of a weird history with Dragon Con because there's a big gap in my Dragon Con attendance. So the first time I went to Dragon Con was in 1996. A long time ago. Yes. And, um, so you were in and, diapers uh, then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was, I was eight years old at the time, I think. And um, what, what drew you all the way from Massachusetts to Dragon Con at that time? A couple of things. You know, I had a couple of friends that I've been corresponding with who lived in Atlanta. And so I thought I'd get to spend some time with them and hang out. And uh, which, in fact, I didn't even see much of the nightlife of the convention because I, I was doing the convention during the day and then, and then hanging with my friends uh, away from the convention at night. So it was that coupled with uh, just the guest list that year. I think I, I probably saw ads for it, like in the comics buyer's guide, you know, cause I was a comics fan and it just looked like this cool show. And I still remember the guests from that year. Like when you go the way we do, we go every year, the, the years all kind of blend together. But like, I know exactly who was at the 96 Dragon Con because it was separate from all the rest for me. But Mark Hamill was there that year and Neil Gaiman was there. Kevin I Smith remember was, that year. Yeah, yes. Kevin Smith was there. So there's a bunch of people that I don't think have been even been back since, uh, and some others as well. So uh, that that's really what drew me there, and uh, I think that was my first time in Atlanta. And it was a great show, but then I, I moved on to other traveling for other conventions. I started doing San Diego for a while after that and some other things. And it took 12 years for me to come back, but uh, I came back to Dragon Con in 2008, and it's because uh, I'm part of the skeptic community. I'm, I'm a member of the Boston Skeptics. I'm one of the organizers and event hosts for Boston Skeptics. And in 2008 was when they really officially launched the skeptic track at Dragon Con. And uh, we have a lot of friends from the, the skeptic community. And so that's what got us to go back. And we absolutely fell in love with not just the skeptic track, but the whole rest of the convention. And uh, I thought, I've got to start coming here every year. So I've been back for, this will be my 11th straight, I think, this year, but 12th overall, if you count that the first shot way back in 96. Very cool. Very cool. So that, uh, and yes, you are uh, a frequent contributor to a lot of uh, different track panels. Uh, I've become very busy as a panelist in the last several years. Yeah, and that's, this, this, this will be my second year, I think, as an attending professional at DragonCon. Um, I'm a podcaster, in case anyone doesn't know, here on the ESO Network. I'm one of the hosts of the Flopcast and uh, yeah, so I'm not a costumer. So it, as people are in panic mode, getting ready for Dragon Con, I'm not worried about costumes. But but Kevin, like, I thought that was your costume. Yeah, every morning at Dragon Con, I'm like, should I wear the gray T-shirt or the other gray T-shirt? But I I am already gearing up as far as uh, programming it's because I do a lot of panels and I'm preparing things for uh, some of the programming and some of the presentations and discussions that we're going to be having there. So uh, plans are already underway. Yes. So, so uh, Kevin's just identified how we can find him. He's the guy in the gray t-shirt. That's me. <laughs> because the other guy's all wearing black t-shirts. 
Yep. <laughs> Not easy to find. So there you go. Well, we are very glad to have you here. Good to be here. And uh, we're also going to be checking in with Eternal Zan and the other Kevin from Boston. <laughs> uh, Kevin Batchelder will have a segment with him as well. So uh, the Dragon Con Con Report is sponsored in part by Borderland Comics and Games in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. For more information, check out borderlands.us. Uh, we'll have a link for that in the show notes as well. Uh, we are a proud member of the ESO Network. Be sure to check out the Amazon link at the top of the esonetwork.com site. It doesn't cost you any more to purchase all your geeky stuff and help us out. It really does help us out a lot. Uh, we also have a tea Public store filled with all kinds of cool designs. There's a link for that on the top of the ESO Network page. And there's a link for our Patreon an account which where you can find Mike. Do we we've we've uploaded several Dragon Con uh, recordings to the Patreon already, right? That are only oh, yeah. available for our Patreon subscribers. Exactly, and you never know what else could show up. You know, we have a lot of stuff. We because we do other cons. We do Hulanta, and we also are going to be going to Con Caster Burris in about a week. And you know, different shows put up different things because even Kevin with the Flopcast has put on two different cons up there. Oh, yes. So, you know, it def it's not all con stuff. They're just even bonus episodes of uh, podcasts that they do. Like uh, Mandy from the Caster Quest did her book review of Dune up there. It was pretty darn awesome. So, yeah, it's just bonus material. And you could subscribe and become a, you know, patron of the ESO Network for as little as a dollar. And bonus material starts at five. So I think that's pretty good deal it's less than going to starbucks every week you know and we really appreciate it um from all of us here on the dragon con con report we really appreciate any support you could give us exactly. um, if you would like to leave feedback or comment on the show please call our eso network feedback line at 404-963-9057 or feel free to email us directly at dragonconreport at esonetwork.com all right, now that all that's out of the way, let's get started with a bit of news. We've got two items, I think. Uh, one is a, uh, a bit of a transition. The other is a, a, a sign, a sure sign that DragonCon is still growing. Um, as far as the transitional news, the um, it is the end of an era, the pocket program, the ink fest that is <laughs> the small little program uh, with the scheduling is gone. Uh, it's gone away. There will be no more pocket programs uh, as we know it uh, from now on at, at Dragon. Uh, oh, no. So Brazil gets to keep its trees? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I and, so uh, loved so, going through it and highlighting what I was going to go to each month. No, awesome. no more no more seeing folks walk around with ink stains on their fingers. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, and you know I'm a little sad. I mean, that's like 20 years of pocket pocket programs. Um, I used to really devote my like a couple of hours to just disseminating that and figuring out my schedule, uh, but uh, that is the thing of the past. Um, there will be a I think they're calling it a quick start guide, and this is going to be uh, magazine styled in color. It's going to be magazine size, and it's going to be a, a color program. And it's going to have, I believe, uh, scheduling uh, by, I believe, each one of the tracks is going to have its own uh, color. So you can follow that along uh, with the, um, the throughout the magazine as far as which which events are happening when. So 
I haven't uh, I haven't actually seen it yet, uh, but I've heard reports of it, and it's supposed to be a little easier to follow than the pocket program was as well. So, so, um, so out with the black and white, in with the color. We're finally getting colorized here at Dragon Con. Uh, yes. The other the other piece of news is that um, the Dragon Con's growing just a little bit. Um, the exhibitor hall in, in America's Mart is going is 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 going up one more floor. Uh, the Artist Alley, um, I should say the Comic and Pop Artist Alley, uh, which has been the last couple of years on on the third level, is now moving to the fourth level. So the um, in, in the years past, in the last few years, the Artist Alley for the Pop, um, pop Artist Alley and Comic area has been sort of half the floor, and the other half has been for exhibitors. Well, now that third floor is going to be all exhibitors and exhibitors are still going to be on the first two floors as well. The fourth floor is going to be where the artists are as well as uh, panels, all panels for that are comic book related comic track will be held up there as well. So there will be panels actually in the America's Mart, not, uh, not like last year where there were no panels there at all. So we've got more exhibitors, more dealers, and uh, the comic and pop artist alley now has its own floor. Um, does that mean there's going to be less or more people there? No, I think they're just going to be distributed a little differently. I feel I still think it's going to jam up on on Saturday, uh, full of people. But uh, anyway, there's going to be a little bit more. You know, obviously, Dragon Con is making um, some money by having some more exhibitors who are paying for those spaces. It's all about the money, my friend. Well, sure, sure. Um, any thoughts on that, plus or minus, about the move? So I'm trying to yeah. remember, was it a couple of years ago, Mike, when they had the comic book panels taking place at America's Mart, was that on a different floor from where the uh, artists were set up? No, that was on the, it was on the fourth floor where they were set up. So it'll be in that, those spaces again. Okay. As long as you can get to them, that's the problem. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Last time they did that, we had major frustrations because of the fire marshal keeping people out of the building because of too crowd, too much crowds. Right. And I think you're going to still see that on Saturday, no matter what. I mean, even though they took all the panels out of America's Mart last year, we still had problems on Saturday. Well, the problem is they also couldn't get the people who were supposed to be on the panels in the building for the panels. Yeah, I so would imagine definitely waiting an hour for a panel and then discovering, oh, well, they can't be here because the fire marshals kept them outside. Yeah, that's um, so they're going to yeah. have to keep like a real strict number of how many people are allowed to be in for panels and guests and staff and shopping and dealers. I, I would so. definitely hope that the people who are in control of letting people in to America's Mart uh, when it gets crowded and congested um, will notice that artists and panelists and guests uh, should be able to get in first. Yeah, it could be very tricky uh, logistically. That's something that hopefully they're thinking about because obviously to the fire marshal, a body's a body, right? They don't care right. if you're there if you're there to go shopping in the yeah, vendor area, not. or if you're there for the comics, or if you're a panelist. They don't care. They just they just have a number. Here's how many people are allowed inside. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I do know that the comic panels are not as, you know, they're not the most popular ones. When they had the panels a couple of years ago there, they also had, you know, three other tracks that were using panel rooms up there as well. And that uh, won't be the case this time. So, uh, so the Star, because I know that the Star Trek panels were there, uh, the alternate history panels were there, and I think there was one other one, but I can't remember what it was, and the comics panels. So, so there were four tracks in all, I believe, up there. And now it's just going to be, you know, devoted to the uh, the comics. Uh, the The entire fourth floor is just going to be, you know, comic and pop artist programming and artists. So, should be interesting to see. Um, uh, you know, hopefully people will come up uh, to the fourth floor and see us. Uh, I, you know, I, I I'm hoping that we still get as much traffic as we have. You know, I think. I haven't seen a decrease in traffic since we moved over to America's Mart. I was kind of worried uh, leaving the Hyatt that uh, we wouldn't see as much traffic, but we still did manage to see a good amount of traffic, maybe less, a little less that first year. But certainly by last year, I thought, you know, we were just as busy as ever. So hopefully we still will be. Yeah, I would think that because the dealers are over there, that's such a huge draw for people that, that you're getting that crowd right there. Like if, if the comics artists were in their own separate building and there was nothing else there, then it might be trickier getting everyone to come over, but they're coming over to shop downstairs and a lot of them are going to come on upstairs and see you. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, if they start at the, at the, at the, uh, the first floor, they might be kind of tired by the, way get to the fourth floor. <laughs> that's you know? right. Tell them to start on the top floor. Work, <laughs> exactly. their, way Work their way down. Cause that's where the exit is. <laughs> You know, um, comics folks, there's a hotel right there by the America's Mart on the other side of the America's Mart on the back side of it that might have rooms available. So if comics and shopping is your thing and you don't care about the rest of the con, hey, there you go. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So um, I know that I'm going to be staying at the Westin. Uh, which is connected to the America's Mart. So the, for the first time this year, so I'm really uh, curious to see how that's going to work. It should hopefully be better for me, but uh, uh, I'll be doing panels, I'm sure, in other hotels. So I'll be still getting around, but at least my main uh, table will be right there uh, next door. So well, like you that. don't want a three in the morning. I had enough of that, uh, I'm afraid. So, I mean, I'll probably still walk over there, but uh, we'll see. Um, the only other piece of news, and it's not really news, it's just more of a note and a reminder. Uh, I do know that Dragon Con, all the tracks, a lot of programming, a lot of behind the scenes are still looking for volunteers. So if you've ever thought about, ooh, I'd like to participate, how can I participate? Um, contact Dragon Con. Uh, there's, uh, there's, we're gonna have a link on the show notes, so you can go right to. Um, I think there's an explanation of exactly what's involved with being a volunteer. Um, I don't know if they post exactly what they're looking for because it does vary. Uh, but um, I do know at the last volunteer meetings, almost every, all the tracks came up with uh, that they needed people. Um, I know that the tech services folks need people. I know security needs people. Uh, guest relations need every, it seemed like every place need, needed people. So uh, it's a really great way to be involved with the convention uh, behind the scenes, as well as um, now, you, Mary, you volunteered before, right? Yeah. So, and you still get to enjoy the show. It's not like you're working all weekend, right? 
Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, a lot of that um, has to do with the department that you work for um, and what your position is. Uh, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that every volunteer spends a lot of time enjoying the convention, but most do. And if that's something that's important to you and you want to volunteer but still get some time in, there are definitely a lot of departments and a lot of positions that allow that. So I definitely wouldn't discourage you from trying. Um, but you are going to be spending, you know, 25 hours putting um, toward the con because that's the minimum requirement. So um, if you're willing to do that, you absolutely, totally should. I highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, and I believe that the at least the first time you volunteered, you have to pay, right? Yeah, it's I think it's twenty five dollars for yeah. your first year, um, and that's basically just to make sure that you actually come and show up, and you're not just signing up to volunteer to get a free badge. Right. Um, it's just like a deterrent, um, and then after that, your second year and beyond, uh, you know, after obviously you've done a good job, um, then you, uh, then your badge is free. Yeah. And I, and I do know that a lot of sections do want you to, if you're thinking about volunteering to apply early. So, because there is a vetting process, they do want to talk to you. Some tracks, some, uh, the directors want to be able to talk to you and make sure that you are uh, reliable, uh, especially, you know, I think there's certain requirements uh, for guest relations, you know, for the Walk of Fame. They're not just going to let everybody just go in there and 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 do what they want. So, um, so yeah, if you are interested in volunteering, act now um, because it's not too early to get involved. So um, that's all the news and notes that I have. So now it's time for guest announcements. There's been quite a number of them over just the last few weeks. So Mike and Mary, take it away. Of course, you know, as always, Mary will be joining me for this portion. And Mary, I'm going to let you go first. Start at the bottom of the list. Let's do it. Rob Roberts is an internet broadcasting veteran and co-creator of Orange Lounge Radio, the longest running weekly show about video games online for over 15 years. He is also a host of cult cinema screenings throughout Northern California. Mark's Pyle authored the book Television on the Wild Wild Web, co-hosts DC Action Hour, and co-hosts the podcast Genre Tamarant, and creates web series films. Tony P. Henderson is the creator, producer, and co-host of the Geek Versus podcast. With over 170 episodes, the Geek Versus podcast has been providing a nerd's eye view of pop culture for over four years. The Double Clicks are a pair of sisters from Portland, Oregon, who write songs that are all at once snarky, geeky, and sweet. You'll hear about geekdom, cats, dinosaurs, and lots of feelings. James R. Tuck writes novels including Arrow, Fatal Legacies, the Deacon Chalk series, the Robin Hood Demon's Bane series with Debbie Begay, and as Levi Black, the Mythos War trilogy. Show Morasses. Work can be seen in DC Warner's movie promo art for movies such as Wonder Woman and Justice League, as well as collectible figures. Michael Mosley is currently a designer and creator of stageware and costumes for private clients and celebrities, including WWE superstars, rappers, and NFL football players. Ian Harris is a scientist and skeptic-based comedian, impressionist, writer, and voiceover artist. He has been seen on Jimmy Kimball Live, Comedy Central, and two one-hour comedy TV specials. He has a grasp on science, evidenced by a satirical, skeptical take on everything from religion to global warming deniers and beyond. 
Stacy Gordon is a puppeteer based in Phoenix, Arizona, where she runs a puppet building studio called Puppet Pie, where she teaches and makes lots of puppets. Gordon is involved in improvised puppet duo Fleecy Bits, as well as performing in puppet slams with pie, Die Puppet Die. Gil Gerard has starred in numerous successful made-for-television movies, as well as a feature film. He is best known for the sci-fi audiences Captain Will Buck Rogers in the sci-fi TV series Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. DC Douglas has an impressive resume, including the voices of Wester in Resident Evil, Legion in the Mass Effect trilogy, Kamishida in Persona 5, and Jasley in Gundam IBO, Vincent in Gundam TBF, X Drake in One Piece, and appearances in Sharknado 2, Isle of the Dead, and Star Trek Enterprise. Robert Alsop has worked professionally in costume props for over 30 years in film, theater, and television. He is best known in fandom circles for his work on the long-time-running BBC TV series Doctor Who, which continues to this day. Henry Gilroy is a television screenwriter and producer. He is best known for co-writing the animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars. From an early age, Gilroy loved comic books and animation. Gilroy is also the author of several Star Wars comic books and the first Bionicle trilogy. Lisa Miller, the haunted librarian, is a former librarian. She blogs at www.thehauntedlibrarian.com, listed as the top 50 paranormal website. The hauntedlibrarian.com contains the latest in paranormal news. Lisa investigates the most popular theories among with the obscure and show how they simply do not hold up. Mark Petrosino is a puppeteer, builder, designer, and co-founder of Monkey Boys Productions. He's frequently seen on the stages of Broadway, the Metropolitan Opera, Carnegie Hall, and the Lincoln Center. Television credits include Sesame Street, Blues Room, Crank Yankers, Saturday Night Live, The Muppets on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Michael Latani is a designer, fabricator, puppeteer, and co-founder of Monkey Boys Productions. Recently, Michael puppeteered with the Muppets for Late Night with Jimmy Fallon and on Saturday Night Live. Tulula Love is a producer, teacher, performer, and this year's Dragon Con burlesque producer and MC. Her list of accomplishments are on pretty impressive. Uh, and, and catalogs her 16 years of experience. She currently resides in Atlanta, where she owns a burlesque dance and movement studio called Metropolitan Studios. Janet Varney is an actress and comedian best known for hosting TBS's Dinner in a Movie and as the voice of Cora in The Legend of Cora. Varney has performed in numerous riff track commentaries for films such as Footloose, Poltergeist, Ghost, Dirty Dancing, Jaws 3D, Flatliners, and The Lost Boys. James Urbaniak provides the voice for Dr. Thaddeus Venture on the Venture Brothers, as well as the Doctor's brother, Jonas Venture Jr., and the supervillain, Phantom Limb. Symphony Sanders is an actress who voices Tamaka Flynn in Welcome to Night Vale. Her first appearance was in a live show titled The Librarian, although it's not released publicly until after multiple other podcast appearances. Her first podcast appearance was in An Old Oak Door, Part A. Sarah Richard is an Eisner-nominated comic artist, best known for her work on My Little Pony, Gem and the Holograms, Kitty and Dino, Rick and Morty, and The Ghost, the Owl. She's heavily inspired by Art Deco, Art Nouveau, and 80s fashion. I've got to say, I'm actually really happy that Sarah's coming back. Uh, she's uh, she's a great artist. I've known her a long time. She lives up this way in Massachusetts. 
And uh, it's been a few years since she's been at DragonCon. She does absolutely beautiful work. Cool. Jamie Murray is an actress best known for playing Stacey Monroe in the series Hustle and Lila West in series two of Dexter. She is also known for her roles as Gaia in Stars Spartacus, Gods of the Arena, Star Matar in Defiance, and Helena G. Wells in Warehouse 13. I love her. Uh, Kenneth Mitchell is currently starring as Cole, Klingon house leader in the new Star Trek Discovery series. Mitchell's talents have been utilized in some of television's most premier dramas, including Jericho, Frequency, CSI, NCIS, Major Crimes, and Grey's Anatomy. Hal Lublin is one of the creators and co-hosts of We Got This and Mark and Hal on the Maximum Fun Network. Hal Lublin is an accomplished actor and improviser, best known as Steve Carlsberg on Welcome to Night Vale. Lublin also plays Violet Wade in Marnano in The Venture Brothers. Walter Koenig. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, going to have to go to a panel this year. <laughs> Walter Koenig has had a recurring role as the quintessential scoundrel Bester on the television series Babylon 5. That's hilarious that he leads with that. That's my favorite thing that's ever happened. <laughs> he has also appeared on dozens of other television series, including his role as Pavel Chekhov in the original Star Trek series and subsequent movies. Tom Kenny is an American actor, voice actor, and comedian, best known as the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants in the television series of the same name, as well as Gary the Snail and the French narrator based on Jacques Cousteau. With six Emmy and four Tony nominations, Victor Garber has been seen in some of the most memorable works of the past four decades. He can most recently be seen on The Orville, CW's Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and much more. He will be appearing Friday through Sunday. Finally, we're getting our gay prime minister at Dragon Con. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love him. Yes. And that's not I... a Barrowman slam. Barrowman's not a prime minister. He's an ambassador. Is that do you got like is that a real name or did you just make that up? What do you mean? Did you just make up like? Oh, we give people titles minister? all the time. Please, sweet, have you seen RuPaul's Drag Race? I just hadn't heard that in reference to him specifically. <laughs> he's, he's a very sophisticated man. I'm obsessed so with it. It's absolutely perfect. He's got to be a prime minister. So. Absolutely, I agree. Mark Gregolardi is best known for his viral hit "Dark History" and his his work in the Thrilling Adventure Hour, a monthly live hit show and podcast. He is a veteran of Second City and National Lampoon and works at Disneyland Universal Studios as an actor and improvisational coach. Mary Kiefo, who portrays Laurel, the battle deck commander of the Klingon ship on Star Trek Discovery, has acting in her blood. Among her film and television credits are Natural Disasters, Girls, 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 The Perfect Fit, Miss Style, and Shelby's Vacation. Tom Cavanaugh is a Golden Globe-nominated actor and can be seen acting in and directing Warner Brothers' The Flash on The CW. In addition to his current series, Cavanaugh has extensive television, film, and theater credits, including Scrubs, Legend of Tomorrow, and Arrow. Cavanaugh will be appearing Saturday and Sunday only. He didn't mean, they didn't mention Ed! I know, I'm I shocked love. they didn't. <laughs> I loved Ed. Come on, he was the, you know, basically the bowling alley lawyer. Yes, I loved Ed. So I'm actually really excited that Tom Cavanaugh's coming. So 
Cecil Baldwin is the voice of Cecil Gershwin Palmer, the narrator of Welcome to Night Vale. Baldwin is a stage actor, performer, and director who has also star narrated the audiobook for The Fall of the Hotel de Moore, voiced Tad Strange on Gravity Falls, and more. Bobby Blackwolf is the co-owner of the Voice of Geeks Network, is a radio station and podcast network has hosted a live internet radio show and podcast about video games since 2005. He's also a virtual reality evangelist and developer for enterprise applications, having worked mostly notably in with Salesforce. Evan Bernstein is a host of the award-winning science podcast, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, and is the co-author of the forthcoming book by the same title, due for release in 2018. Mike Resnick is a core... According to Locus, the all-time leading award winner, living or dead, for short science fiction. He has written 76 novels, 280 stories, 10 books of nonfiction, three screenplays, and currently edits Galaxy's Edge magazine and stellar guidebooks. Ken Plume runs Fred Entertainment, where he hosts the interview series A Bit of a Chat with Ken Plume, and has produced animation and podcasts, produced Milius, co-authored There's a Zombie in My Treehouse and is the co-author of Go Team Venture, The Art and Making of the Venture Brothers. Mike McKinnon is a sci-fi scientist, disaster researcher, geophysicist, journalist, and impressionably enthusiastic about doom. Currently, she gleefully interjects truth for far strange fiction for projects still within the veil of not yet aired secrecy and a science communicator with the work on BBC, New Scientist, I, IO9, Gizmodo, Arctica, and others. Victoria Atkin is Evie Fry in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, the first playable female character for the franchise on next generation consoles. She has voiced for Titanfall 2 and Middle-Earth Shadow of War and voices Mylan and Sekuli in Horizon Zero Dawn of Frozen Wilds. Kellen Goff's most notable roles include Fortune Freddy in Five Nights at Freddy's, Sister Location, Creatures in Zork, and EA's Fae, featured at E3 2016, Ranaku's father in Yandra Simulator, Ikor, and Saimaya in Heroes of Nuth, and Sammy the Spade in Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared 6. And that is our list. Woohoo! Wow, that is an impressive list. And that's not even like half of the people who were announced between the last show and this one. Nope. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty incredible. Um, just, I mean, we're since we're getting closer and closer, any uh, uh, from all the guests that have been announced, not just uh, recently, but uh, any stand out for you as being like must-sees? Depends. Really. No. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the big announcements. You know, there's a, quite a few I would love, love, love to be able to see a lot of the folks who are coming from like Legends of Tomorrow and Flash and such. But, you know, I'm still waiting for the Doctor Who guests. I'm still waiting for, you know, some of the other, you know, people come out. You know, yeah, they've or announced like Wartel Koenig, but it's just like I'm waiting for more. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think I'm probably most excited right now about the Sesame Street cast. Yeah. I'm Yeah. Yeah. Come on. They've got uh like four people from uh four characters, right? From uh Sesame got, Street. Yeah, they've got Gordon, Bob, 
Luis and uh, Carol Spenny, who plays Big Bird and Oscar. Yep. I mean, that's a, that's pretty impressive. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm also really happy about uh, some of the comic guests. I mean, we're finally, uh, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, Gail Simone uh, mm -hmm. is, is going to be able to <laughs> attend. So uh, always a good time seeing Gail. So Yeah, ladies, you want to go listen to Gail if she has a panel, which I'm assuming she would. Absolutely. Absolutely you do. So I, I as a matter of fact, not just ladies, I'm going to go to that panel. Well, true. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Gail is absolutely one of the most important voices in comics. Totally is. Yeah. And of course, Victor Garber. Come on. Sure. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I, I want to see now, I want to see a Garber, Behrman, Takai panel. Oh, yes. my goodness. <laughs> oh, that Let's would be awesome. Let's blow the gay roof off of Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would be impressive. The trifecta, right? Um, pretty much. Yeah. Sure there's someone out there that I've, I'm, I'm missing in my head, but. I don't think they're going to invite Sandra Bernhard anytime soon. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, you know, there has been, I do know that there were kind of banting back and forth between, because recently, I think uh, last month there was DragCon, of course. And oh, yeah. I believe there was a little bit of uh, fun that they were having with the hashtags between DragCon and DragunCon. So. Well, here's what happens when you get a whole bunch of twinks who are really easily distracted by their hookup apps. <laughs> and they're hashtagging on Instagram every five seconds, and they put drag, and they think, oh, that's going to be DragCon. And they just press go, and it auto-corrected to DragonCon. As you would Dragon think. DragonCon is a much more longer-used hashtag, and no one checked it until DragCon went, wait a minute. So, <laughs> the drag queens actually made some YouTubes. They're actually pretty funny about the difference between DragCon and DragonCon. Yeah. is a whole bunch of guys running around in dresses and the other is drag cons. So. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, thanks again for reading off the list. Um, now it's time for our group topic. And the group topic, you know, you're normally uh, we are all positive about things happening at DragonCon. We promote as much positivity as we can about the event. But uh, in this case, uh, we all, we know that, uh, that sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes bad things happen at good cons. And when bad things happen at Dragon Con, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do when you have a not so great experience or something uh, happens that, um, you know, is certainly not ideal? Um, and that can range from anything, um, well, from anything. And we've all probably got some stories, um, you know, obviously, and anybody who's been listening to the podcast, uh, this podcast in particular, knows that uh you know i've had i've had a couple of instances myself where uh they've been pretty you know pretty bad experiences not the whole convention but just you know an isolated incident where you know one year i had uh all my stuff stolen out of the car uh my car was broken into and all of our my myself and 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 bobby nash's stuff was just uh yeah gone like just all all gone um Actually, I should say they took Bobby's books. They did not take mine. So um, I don't know what that says, but I know what that says. But um, uh, yeah, so but uh, a lot of other stuff was gone from my car. And uh, yeah, my door was messed up. Everything was messed up for a while. So um, that's also the same year where a couple of days later I had to go to the ER because I had a health issue. So 
that was, and you would think that that was a pretty, pretty awful, you know, experience. And those two instances were really awful. Yes, I would not repeat either one of them. But yet the fact that they happened while DragonCon was happening meant that I had a really cool place to go to and all my friends were there and they were very supportive and I could escape from my troubles for a while. So there was a kind of a balance there. So I, I do appreciate that. If they had happened outside of DragonCon, like just normal my day to day, then I would have really, that would have been miserable. Um, but uh, I was able to, it's like, you know, it's hard to complain when you're in the ER during throughout most of the morning and into the afternoon and then you get out and the first one of the first faces you see at dragon con is jillian anderson i mean that's kind of <laughs> kind of puts things into like a little bit more of a balance so uh but you know uh, certainly um there are some experiences that uh are worse than that and uh you know last year we had the experience uh, the unfortunate experience where you know, it made the the news where people were, you know, throwing chairs on people uh, down below um, from at the Marriott. And that's that's not a fun experience. I think so, that's an understatement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, like, now I, now I know you and I were talking about this a little bit, Darren, as far as coming up with this topic. I, I, these sort of the so some of the experiences that you were referring to. Well, I mean, the, these are pretty um, I think these are extreme <laughs> in a way. I mean, people have medical issues and they need to have assistance. Yes, that happens, unfortunately. When you, when you get so many people together, you know, things are going to happen to – it's just the odds are not always with you. Let's let's use a Hunger Games phrase. Um, and people need help with, with things, be it um, dealing with Atlanta crime, dealing with um, people being stupid, etc. I was thinking more of just those – <clears throat> bad con experiences when you are, and this is any con, not specific dragon. I don't want to think that this is harping on dragon, but any con where you have an experience, which kind of just kind of sets the tone for the con for you. And it's uh, one of those things that you have a hard time um, dealing with. I was at a con recently, and this is why it was in my head. And um, they were stopping people from using the elevators to go down, to go up, which if you're an old con, you know what that means. I'm going down to go up right. because you can't get on the elevator to go up. Um, and that How would they be fine. That? Well, they had someone in the elevator taking up space Ugh. with a staff badge on. And this would be okay if two things. Um, the hotel had three banks of elevators or three elevators in this bank. One was shut down because it was broken and the other was out of order. So you were reduced to one elevator during check-in. Check-in has wrapped outside and around like the, you know, not just the lobby, but like outside where the cars are waiting to get a hold of luggage racks. So there's a big backup happening here because they were enforcing this don't go down to go up rule and the person that this person was yelling at didn't have a badge on was not part of the convention so i i guess my point about this is if you're going to volunteer to be a staff member at a convention understand that you have limited power and that power unless this is a safety issue which this was not a safety issue this was someone getting on an elevator because they were tired of waiting. They don't belong to the convention. You can't bark orders at them. 
That's your power has stopped here. This is a guest of the hotel. And many times when you go to conventions, you're sharing, even at DragonCon, we share the convention with people coming in town to see the football games. Yeah. It's not just DragonCon attendees. And they are, on the whole, pretty respectful of us. We're pretty respectful of them. But all it takes is one individual who may be working with the con to, like, cross the boundaries of their power, if you know what I mean, which can really, like, set a tone for the rest of the how this person views the entire con and the rest of the people that you're with um it was one of these things where you should suspend this rule because right now you've got about 80 people in the lobby with luggage trying to get upstairs <sighs> and you're going to make them wait for this elevator to go down a floor and back up because there's no one downstairs but the staff of the con putting things together and then when it came back up, the guy wasn't on, wasn't on the elevator anymore. <laughs> so it's of like, course. what was the point of that? <laughs> well, I do know that, you know, from personal experience, too, I do know that the elevators in all the host hotels are yeah. uh, for Dragon Con are a bone of contention with a lot of folks. I mean, well, well, it, it, the, the fact of the matter is, is that when you have as many people at, that you have at Dragon Con, and now it's up to 80,000 people more, I mean, plus, right? Mm -hmm. um, that there's going to be some... <laughs> there's gonna there's be going to some, be a backup, yes. Yeah, there's going to be a backup. At certain and times, then, there's going to be a backup for all the elevators. Got it. Right. But this was like a, a backup made worse, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying, because these people couldn't get on the one working elevator because of the rule of the con, which doesn't apply to the people in the hotel who aren't con members. Does that logic follow at all? Yeah, absolutely. No, of course it does. I'm just making sure. I mean, it doesn't follow sure. like what they were doing, obviously. But, yeah. uh, but uh, and I know that, you know, certainly not just, you know, con staff, but also hotel staff are very important to uh, maintaining a tone. And, you know, the hotels can, can kind of make or break some experiences as well. I know, Mike, you had an experience at one of the host hotels that uh, was not ideal. Oh, no, not at all. It was the first year I decided to actually stay down at the con. So it's probably now going on like seven years ago, eight years ago. And basically we stayed at one of the, the towers at the Hyatt. And it was myself um, – William and another couple who let us stay with them. And William and I were on sleeping bags and air mattresses on the floor. And the couple were in the bed and we made it through the first night. No problem. The second night, the people next to us started having a party. No big deal. There's parties at Dragon Con all the time. And, you know, we went over for a little bit and, you know, people had beers and, you know, stuff like that. Having William with me at the time and he was 11 I didn't really feel that comfortable staying over there. So we came back to the room and we were just going to hang at the room for a little bit before we went back down to the con. And this is probably about nine, 10 o'clock at night. And I was laying in my, on my air mattress. Then I started seeing the floor move. And I was like, what? I Did I have something to drink or something? And I looked and I asked, William, is the floor moving? And he says, Dad, there's about a thousand ants on the floor here. Oh. oh. And it was just like, 
we looked on like underneath the sleeping bag onto the mattress there were ants on there there was ants climb starting to climb on our suitcase and it was just like uh you know screaming so we called over to you know the service area and called downtown they got you know the cleaning people up there and they said you're not gonna be able to stay here tonight and it's like well do you have another room for us and they said we don't think so so you might you know be out of luck and it's like no (laughs) we paid for this hotel room and the person i was staying with was like pretty adamant about you know you know, this is his, you know, this is his deposit. He paid for the room, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I want to talk to a manager and they got the manager up there and the manager was all apologetic and everything. And they were started saying that the ants were coming through the window because of all the food that was on the floor in the room next to ours because of the party. And they just crawled through and it was just like, and so they gathered all our stuff and they said, all right, we have one room for you. And we will move you into the main part of the hotel. And so they gathered all our bags up, made sure there were no ants and stuff. And we had, you know, ants, you know, in our suitcase for days anyway. But, you know, it was, it was just disgusting. And literally they put us in a suite. Cause it also happened to be, that was the year Stan went home sick from the con. And we actually got Stanley's suite <laughs> at the well, time. ended up awesome. Yeah, it it did. It did pay off. And it was like they were apologetic. They comped us breakfasts for the rest of the con. They were like, you know, giving us, you know, they gave a discount to the guy whose room originally was. And it was just like, it was, it was a cluster F. It truly was. And to this day, I will not stay at the Hyatt ever again. <laughs> I just, I just can't. I just, just can't, can't because there's, there's ants. There's Alan Rudd there looking at you like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's just like, uh, ugh, sorry if it was, you know, maybe a scene for Ant-Man or something, but no, 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 no. What floor was that on? It was, I think we were on the fourth or fifth floor. Okay. I was going to say, I'm like, still, I mean, that's still Ants pretty hot. I, yeah. I was in a hotel I room on that. the ninth floor. Yeah. Not a dragon, but. We had an ant problem in the morning. Yeah, it was it was it was just horrible. It's it's that was my worst experience ever at Dragon Con. And you know, I'm going now, I think this is going to be this year my thirteenth or so. So yeah, since two thousand five. So yeah, it's gonna be my thirteenth. So it's just it's just craziness. Wow. Mary, have you had a had a bad Dragon Con experience? I don't know. I haven't really been able to think of anything that I don't know. I kind of block out the bad, you know. <laughs> like no, that's what that's what the booze is for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like all, everything bad that's ever happened to me at Dragon has been like because I drank too much, or like friend drama, or like you know stuff with the hotel. Like I, nothing really that has anything to do with the con. I'm sorry, I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> no, 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 that, no, I, that kind I of stuff that. can ruin your con, too. I mean, Absolutely. all it takes is you getting that email saying, by the way, your reservation's been canceled. Remember that year? Uh, oh. I, mean, I mean, stuff like that sucks. Like, I hate I hate that for people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
I mean, there's some like missing out on panels and stuff like that. You know, that kind of sucks. That but, happens. Like, yeah. But that happened. You know, like there's not really anything anyone can do about that kind of stuff. I will say that I think the new rave schedule totally sucks, um, and I wish that it went later. But I, w- I would agree with that because <laughs> I miss raving till six in the morning. Yeah, I don't really know what the story is on that or why the Marriott freaking closes the lobby at three, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that either. I really I'm don't know. I'm not down it's with like, that. It's like the lobby closes 30 minutes after the Pulse Bar closes now. Yeah, it's really and they're like, you can walk through, but you can't stay. You know, hmm. so. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It, yeah, it they, was like they a close down last year. Yeah, well, they they have a system like that they start roping off sections of that atrium level and kind of corralling people into smaller and smaller spaces until everyone's is pushed out pretty much yep i've seen wow, it happen from where, from where i could from our room at the marriott last year it didn't seem like it ever stopped because oh, no, <laughs> you walk I mean, there were, it's like there's no one here okay because yeah, everyone I mean, goes to the there marriott are other places, there fun. are other places to go but like that's where you want to be you want to be in the marriott lobby at you know four mm-hmm. but now you can't they still, they, they still have the now. The, now you have to go over and 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 hang with the the, the, the DJ was, in the lobby of the. They building. stopped at like. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't remember what that what the deal with that is. Yo yo yo, Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> this was a bad experience at Dragon Con. The the, and he's just doing his job. He was hired to do oh, yeah. DJ work, out there, on the patio. And since they're going to have lines out there now instead of superhero photography, right? You know, he's going to probably be the entertainment for everybody waiting for two hours for a panel <laughs> or whatever. And bring earplugs, people. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Back in the early days, you know, and here I'm going to put on my grandpa pants. But um, back in the <laughs> early days of Dragon Con, I mean, I remember you used to have to wait you know, four or five hours just to get in, just to register. And that was even if you pre-registered, if you had a car, you'd still have to wait, uh, I mean, hours, like five hours to get in. Uh, That was crazy. Oh, the days when you used to have the line going three times around the Sheraton. Yes, yeah. Those those were the days where I'm paying for registration at the con because I'm not waiting in that line. Exactly. Yeah, it I took did the me same forever thing. to figure out if you just pay when you get there, you know, it's you save a lot of hassle. You don't save, save. any money. Oh, you yeah, don't save really money, good. but you save time. Yeah, I had friends that would happily pay the higher price to avoid that giant line. Because yeah. Yeah, those of us that registered way in advance at the lower price could spend hours winding through that line to get up to the front and get our badge. It was, uh, yeah, you, you kids today, if you don't remember, it was it was not that long ago. It was just a few years back before they switched to the, the barcode system that they use now that uh, it took forever. I remember, like, one of the first years I went to Dragon Con, we had come down Saturday for the parade, and I couldn't find my badge. I swore I had taken it from home, and... You know, I didn't want to drive all the way back to the house to go get my badge in case I left it there. So we were tearing apart the car trying to find where the frippin' badge was. And I was like, and it's like I went to one of the volunteers. I lost my badge. And they went, yeah, 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 you're out of luck. Sorry. Yeah, that's the way it works. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Don't lose your badge. That's horrible. Don't lose your badge. Here's what happens. They've had instances where people will just pull on people's lanyards. 
Oh, and God, the yeah. little clip that they give you is not enough. You got to bring some twist ties and tie that sucker down to your lanyard, kids. Because <laughs> if you don't, someone in the Peachtree Center Mall or wherever, when you're walking out on the sidewalk, might try to grab your 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 badge off. Yeah, very and much so. You'll be gone in the crowd, and you'll be like, um, okay. I got or a new batch. You could be like the uh, 501st and just pass one or two batches around. You never know which Jesus. one it really is. That's just a rumor what I've heard. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm sure they pay for their badges. Stop it. They, yeah. they pay in, you know, empire credits, but they pay. <laughs> <laughs> they just I, keep I think, on missing the slots. <laughs> a, 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 a general uh, theme, I think, that, that we're kind of kicking around is that as far as having a bad convention experience, and I think especially what, what Mike, well, what both Mikes on the call have been through uh, involving uh, you know, Mike having your, your car broken into in medical situations or uh, being attacked by a, an insect horde in the middle of the night. You know, this, I, I've certainly never had anything that, that major or that crazy happen. But a, a big part of it is the attitude and the perspective that you uh -huh. bring to the situation. Like you can let that ruin your weekend or you can put it in perspective and move on. Well, exactly. It's whatever yeah. you make of it. And, you know, I've had seen people, you know, sick as a dog, you know, the same year Mike was sick. Darren and I were looking for places to do the ESO recording and all of a sudden this woman ran right between us and hurled into the garbage yep. can. We're oh, like, okay, yeah. there you go. That happened. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, joy. But we didn't let it ruin our con. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, many, again, I have not had a really bad experience at Dragon Con. It's, it's just always been great for the most part, little minor things here and there. But yeah, many of the situations that come to mind involve other people having some issue and uh, most likely involving alcohol overindulgence. And now I have to deal with them that that kind of thing will certainly come up. Yeah. I guess my thing with, with the volunteer that I, I witnessed, I'm assuming it was a volunteer um, and obviously dragon con and every con probably uses a lot of volunteers to get their show yeah. run. Yep. And for every, you know, a hundred great volunteers that there are out there, there, there always seem to be a few that just kind of sneak in there and they're just there to get their free badge and they do a crappy job. And I, I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, I, sure. I wish it was not that way. So I would say if you're going to go to a con and volunteer, my hat's off to you. I used to do it. I don't have to now. I, I enjoy the con as my vacation time. Um, but if you're going to volunteer, really volunteer and put your heart and soul into it. Don't just be lackadaisical about whatever the job is and treat the con goers as a nuisance to you. Be friendly, oh, exactly. be open, be an ambassador of the con or don't volunteer, period. No, Stay but a lot of the people who have that kind of attitude, the volunteers and stuff, they will not be back. Yep. But you're yeah. also looking at a con goer who may not be back because of the interaction it, it yeah. could get bad you don't you never know so I mean, obviously most of the volunteers vast majority are fantastic yeah. and uh absolutely 
And yeah, in, in, in any situation like this, you're going to get a few people who are not doing what they should be. Well, just imagine, just picture any, in your, in your day-to-day -day life, people you encounter who are doing their job, their job that they get paid for very poorly. Now let's apply that to someone who's not getting paid. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, you know, there's, and there's different aspects of it too. Like one year, it was actually what, three years ago, I was Mark Maddox and his girlfriend Linda were staying with us and we were going to go get our badges and all of a sudden this guy was walking the other direction he wasn't paying attention and he misstepped where there was a driveway from one of the parking mm. garages and he blew his knee out right in front of oh. us oh oh no thank you exactly and so we stayed actually with the guy until yeah. the police came and you know was able to get a paramedic uh -huh. And that was somebody whose con ended real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. see that that really ruins your con. That that can ruin a week or two. I'm surprised we don't see more little incidents like that. When you think of just how it, it's people are drinking, there's mm -hmm. just crowds. Even if you're not drinking, you can just not see where you're going very easily. Well, there was there was a year like the first night, we we saw one of um a group of of cosplayers passed out near one of the parking lots outside one of the hotels, like gone, passed out, done. We're like, it is Thursday. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I always, worry, I always worry about that little, um, on the corner, the sidewalk on the corner where the Sheraton is, there's like a little pop-up kind of a little rectangle sort of piece of the sidewalk uh -huh. just sticking up out of nowhere. And that's where huge crowds gather waiting for the light to change. And how is how are people not tripping over that and hurting themselves like every three minutes? I always worry about that nightclub that's right across from the Sheraton. Yeah. And, you know, and it's an urban nightclub. And there's times when I've seen like very drunk cosplayers going up to the guys waiting in line. Oh, are you a criminal? Are you a gangster? You know, and it's oh, like, oh, Jesus. God. <laughs> that's not, what <clears throat> not to do at Dragon Con. Because yes. you have to remember. The streets are still public streets, folks. And it's not, there's a lot of time not Dragon Con security out on the streets. There's police inside. Most of the time, there's not Dragon Con security on the streets. Yeah, yes. exactly. Unless they're watching a line of people. Yeah, there is a, a pretty panel. high police presence all around. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and especially in the, um, the, the food court area, you know, there is as well. So that's appreciated. Well, one of another thing that I'll say is another unpleasantry with Dragon Con, and is the parade. Truthfully, because it's just gotten too big for itself, they've spread the route out, and I think it's fantastic that it's on TV and such. But people coming to this, a lot of them have been real butts. You know, it's <laughs> and th and that's the truth because I get out there usually about eight o'clock. You know, maybe seven thirty even to go for the parade and Judy usually uh -huh. that's the day she comes down and you know, she comes down with friends and such. And so I'm, you know, I have my stuff, you know, I have a backpack, I have maybe a banner or something and I place it, you know, right there and people try stepping on it and such now to be able to see the parade, even though yeah. I, I've marked out this territory and it's like, no, this is my area. Go away. And people like, just like look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. If it's somebody with kids, I don't mind the kids getting in front of us. Not at all. 
but if it's adults you know no you don't do that man yeah and at the at the parade these people are civilians compared to the rest of us you know with it there's yeah. there's an there's an etiquette to convention crowds and being in a crowd at a convention being in a crowd where people are wearing costumes or carrying backpacks and we all kind of learn how to move around each other and for the most part it, it's relatively smooth but now you add thousands and thousands of people mm-hmm. who are not part of convention culture they're just there to watch a parade and so they can be a little clueless about those around them and and how not to touch cosplayers inappropriately yep talk about a bad con situation right exactly and it has gotten a little bit better you know since you know it's become people become more aware of it but it still happens oh yeah oh yeah i look i just came from uh momocon and had a great time but i did read about a few experiences that folks had uh uh, you know some of the girls uh that were uh dressed up uh, had some pretty bad experiences with some characters there. And uh, it, so it is, it is, yeah, it's still happening. Um, but I do know that uh, a lot of them, you know, some of them did go to the con uh, to, um, and there were signs all over the place at MomoCon. Uh, and there was usually people around, uh, staff around, so that mm-hmm. were pretty easy to get to. Um, but, um, and also I, I did notice too, in the group itself, there were a lot of supporters, but people like, you know, like, well, if, you know, if, if, if I was around, I, this would have, you know, I would have done this and I would have done that. So, and I don't know, there might've been like, you know, just talking, but it seemed to be very supportive of that kind of behavior is not acceptable. You know, like they, they're that among a lot of people now, I think it's just more of the, an exception to the norm that, you know, I, I hope it's getting better. I, I, I don't know that per se. Cause we all, I, you know, I always unfortunately hear stories about, about both male and female customers getting, you know, inappropriately touched at conventions. So. And with dragon con with so many people, I mean, it's just, you know, obviously accidents are going to happen, but you know, there's no, some that's not that, an accident when that happens. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I've been groped, and I think Mary has had her, more than her share of moments. Um, you don't touch people inappropriately, kids. No matter how much alcohol you've had, keep it to yourself. Just, just words yep. of advice. Yep. yep. And like the weird, the weird thing is like you can't. Like, I hate that argument that's like, well, what were you wearing? Like, uh-huh. one, okay, it doesn't matter. Two, the only time I've ever actually been groped in costume, I was wearing, my costume was a t-shirt and blue jeans. So, like, I don't want to hear anything about a short skirt or some tight leggings or any of that nonsense because I don't have anything to do with it. Someone wants to grope you, they don't give a fuck what you're wearing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> Just cut that whole part. <laughs> well, there goes our explicit tag. <laughs> it's all right. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Just cut it. Just cut the whole, the whole thing. No, no. I mean, it's a, you know, like, look, I mean, it's a, it's okay to feel strongly about this stuff. You know, really, it is. I mean, it's, a, and it's unfortunate that that, you know, obviously you can't talk about bad convention experiences without that being a factor. It just, to- it it just totally sucks. sucks. And it's it not really just, does. It's not just guys. I was groped by a girl. Yep. Oh, when you were uh, Wonder Warrior, I remember that. Yeah. And it's like, um, excuse me, <laughs> your hand does not belong on my crotch. 
like under the kilt. No. Ugh. Go 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 find a Spartan or something. Not not me, thank you. Bye. Not at not at this convention, but at another convention, I did have someone, uh, a female artist, to come over and un, uh, uh, unsolicited sit on my lap. Oh my! Yes, that was uncomfortable. So I, I well, I, it's uh, it's different if you're going to ask someone in a flirtatious way. Hey, how are you doing? You know, lead up to things like that. Don't not introduce yourself. At least buy me dinner first, right? Butts and privates <laughs> is not the way to do that. Yeah. Makes me mad, and I'm and everybody who knows me is is going to say Darren is not on the prude scale at all. <laughs> but I believe <laughs> consent is king. Sorry. No, no absolutely. Fine. What's absolutely. what's good is that we're, we're talking about this kind of thing more and more, and conventions are having to become more and more vocal about what their policies are and what their plan is to respond to incidents. So that's good. Yeah, it is, absolutely. It is. And and I do know that Dragon Con takes the safety of uh, their attendees very seriously. Um, you know, from, the, from the, the costuming level to the individual level to the grand scale. I mean, they've got to, especially for the parade, they've got to protect uh, so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this day and age where sometimes that's been really difficult. Um, you know, the gathering this size is usually, you know, a target. Um, so that's not easy. So I do think Dragon Con does, um, a lot to protect us. And I do know, like I said, that that's a, that's a concern. Um, Oh, sure. And it's, there's always a danger of, especially with, with a, an event this size of some kind of a, a catastrophic tragic event happening and we came awfully close to it last year with with the chairs being thrown from the hotel balcony incident and that that story had a happy ending in that the the injuries as i recall were not nearly as severe as they could have been but no i i'm, I'm I, amazed I, I almost, that they weren't hurt more absolutely and as i recall it was a woman was wearing a loki helmet right and she thinks that that might have actually helped protect her when the chair hit yeah. her, which is kind mm-hmm. of amazing i'm thinking should we should we issue loki helmets to everybody when we get there now? <laughs> please please but, that'd be nice um, but that's that said where I, I almost feel like we're on borrowed time that there's going to be a tragic problem at one of these conventions at some point and uh there's only so much you can do to prevent it. You know, things are things are going to happen. So you want to be exactly. as practical as you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but something really bad could happen one of these days. Well, exactly. And it might not be a Dragon Con, but it might be one of the other big cons. That, sure. Know, and it's almost like a ticking time bomb in some ways. And I hate to put it that way because I love going to these cons. But you just have to be aware of your situation out there. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the people near you as much as you can. And in the Marriott, look up every now and then. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep. and, and, and like they say, see if you see something, say something. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I do know that at the last um, uh, volunteers meeting, the last staff meeting, Pat Henry made a very, very strong statement about Dragon Con needing to be safe, accepting, and tolerant. So... Uh, right from the top. I mean, it is something that's important. So they can't control everybody from having an amazing time, but I think they do They do a pretty good job. So, un- you know, hopefully 
everybody listening here, you know, we haven't scared anybody off, you know, for any newbies listening, no. I, I hope you're not like, oh my God, it's going to be a horror show. <laughs> it's, it's not, no, no. not at all. Um, but uh, we did think just for a change of pace that we would, you know, sort of show the other side of, of Dragon Con a little bit as far as uh, when bad things happen. But, you know, like I said, with my experiences, um, you know, I was sort of, if they were to happen to me, I'm sort of glad they happened around the time of Dragon Con because I was, I was with my friend zone, you know, that was, that was pretty, um, awesome to have that balance. And, uh, and it made things like a little bit easier to swallow that those bitter pills were a lot easier to swallow. So, um, well, very cool. Thanks, Darren, for the idea for the topic. That was pretty good. Hey, don't, and I'm, don't and blame and I'm me. sorry. I'm sorry. I was, in, topics. I was in, no, I'm always uh, looking forward <laughs> to talk. And and to that end, if there is a topic out there that you, the listeners, want to hear that we haven't covered yet, or maybe that you feel we should address, uh, please feel free to reach out to us because uh, we want to have you guys part of the conversation. We want to make sure that we're uh, programming content that you guys uh, want to hear, that you want to know. So, um, so we're always taking ideas for uh, questions. And speaking of which, we've got some um, ideas, uh, some suggestions that we're going to let. Um, uh, some folks talk about now, starting with Eternal Zan. And now it's time for our segment with Eternal Zan. Hey, Zan, how are you doing this month? I am great. Wow, Dragon Con is coming up soon. We're in double less digits. Less than 100 so days. Ex- less than 100 days. Ah! Double digits. So excited. Do, do you have it on your phone calendar, like 100 days? Oh, uh, yeah, I have the clock. Okay, yeah, not just me. I have a, a countdown clock too, so it 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 lets me know. Now, when when do you count the hundred days? Like Wednesday or Thursday? Well, I get there on Thursday, so I count that as my first day. Yeah, that, I keep getting confused every year. Of course, because now most now Wednesday's the new Thursday, but technically Thursday's the start of the convention. It's so confusing. Understandable. Understandable. Well, so, what do we got this month, Zan? This month. I'm going to talk about being a room host or being a roommate. And then at the very end, if we have time, I will talk about how to transfer a hotel room. So you get roommates, right? No, I usually do my room on my own. Sometimes my wife comes, sometimes I'm on my own. Oh, wow. Okay. So your experience is nice and relaxed. Of course. Now, I did the roommate thing for a couple of years. Then it got a little more difficult once William started coming to the cons with us. And, you know, having more than, you know, the three of us together in the room. And, you know, after that, you know, as William got older, he started going to the con with his friends. And, you know, every once in a while, share a room with somebody like, you know, like maybe another couple or a friend. But other than that, now I'm usually on my own. Okay, nice. I know a few people who do it. I do it that way. It seems to me I've always known more people who do get roommates because, you know, it saves on cost and I like to be able to go to the convention and eat food in the same weekend. So, you know, it's, it can be a good cost savings. And my biggest tip on that is that compatibility is important when you're staying with other people. And just because you're good friends with someone does not mean you will be compatible as roommates. I mean, you can know somebody for years and learn new things about them when you stay in a hotel with them for nearly a week. So um, I think the key is to know what's important to you in terms of compatibility. And I have a little list here for people, uh, things that, you know, might not come up in normal conversation, but that you might want to ask if you are considering staying with somebody. So I'll just start going down the list unless there's something specific you want me to hit here. 
Nope. It's all yours, my dear. Okay. So the first thing is the four main topics I discuss with everybody are drinking, smoking, sleeping environment, and medical needs. So for example, a light sleeper might not get any rest in a room with, where Dragon Con TV is left on all night. And some people need noise to fall asleep. Other people prefer it quiet. A cosplayer who needs a lot of space in the closet should be honest about that so they can be sure there's going to be enough room for their things that, you, that they've probably worked on all year when they get there because, you know, even Hotel Tetris has its limits. I've been in many different roommate situations over the year. I mean, even in the same year, convention to convention, sometimes I'm the room host and sometimes I'm a roommate. So I'm gonna talk about things from both perspectives because you can be a room host one weekend and then be somebody else's roommate at the next convention. So sooner or later, you know, a lot of people will understand things from both perspectives. Now of the four main topics, drinking, smoking, sleeping environment and medical needs, I think of all of those, the sleeping environment is the most important, important because that may be the only time you'll be in the room with your roommates because during the day, you'll probably all be out at the convention. So you need to understand about yourself. What do you need to get good sleep? Do you need the TV on all night? Do you need music? In my experience, sound carries in tiny hotel rooms. So even an MP3 player with earbuds can carry and some people need dead silence. Some people have medical equipment at night. So these are all things that you want to discuss. Um, also, you know, what do you want the room temperature to be? That can be a preference or a serious medical issue for some people and you don't want to be fighting the thermostat wars all weekend. Some people could have physical or mental health needs and both are equally important. So be honest about what you need in your room. You also want to talk about how do your roommates feel about smoking and drinking because someone who's in AA and DragonCon does have um, resources for people in AA on the schedule, look for friends of Bill and there are meetings. So someone in AA might not want to stay in a room that's going to be stocked with alcohol all weekend. Somebody who has breathing problems or is trying to quit smoking might not want a room with smokers. Um, I do think the Hyatt is good for smokers because some of their rooms have balconies to the outside. So if you're staying in the Hyatt and you want one of those rooms, ask when you check in to make sure you're getting the kind of room you want. We already talked about costumers might need a certain amount of space, so talk about that in advance. And if you're a roommate, you wanna ask your room host in general about the room environment. Is it a quiet sanctuary room or is it a party room? And the way I think of sanctuary rooms or some people call them quiet rooms, is those are rooms where people are expected to party at the convention and sleep in the room but some people prefer party rooms. So those you need to know if you're budgeting for damage charges, damage charges to the room, what kind of parties will be in the room and how late will they run? Definitely know the local laws and work with the hotel if you don't wanna get shut down and possibly kicked out of the hotel and not have a place to stay for the rest of Dragon Con. And then the next topic that's pretty universal is money. Did you have any questions so far, Mike? No, so far, so good. You know, money is always a big issue with Dragon Con. Oh, yeah. So, and if you if you have roommates, you, you, you're going to have some kind of financial uh, arrangement usually. So, if you're, always talk about money up front. Always, always, always. Don't figure it's going to, like, work itself out later because you're going to spend all your money in the dealer's room and have no money left at the end of the weekend. So, 
if you're the roommate, ask if your room room host has deposit and cancellation policies for the room. So for example, the Sheraton and the Marriott have already taken, those are both host hotels. They've already taken 100% of money for the room. So many host hotels, not just host hotels, require a non-refundable deposit of at least $300 to $600 a night, at least, depending on the hotel and room type. So I think that room hosts or reservation holders should keep in mind the rules of the hotel and their deposit and cancellation policies and their own financial situation. So, you know, if the hotels have policies, then as a room host, you should have them too. So make sure you can afford the room, even if someone drops out at the last minute. Be clear about what your payment and cancellation deadlines are. Some people like to make their plans really far in advance, and others are going to make their decisions in the last few weeks. So it can really come down to the wire sometimes as a room host. And if you've never been a room host before, I suggest basing your price and deadlines on the hotel policy. So make sure that people new to hotels understand what the checkout time is. That's usually around 11 a.m. And that hotels charge for an extra day if you stay past checkout. So if you're new to being the reservation holder, then you should know it's common for people to shop around before committing. And people who are looking for floor space are generally looking for a cheaper room. So they might be more likely to drop out of one room to join another if they find something for a lower price, which if you've only got two people in your room, you're not gonna have the lowest price for people who are looking for just for floor space because everybody, kind of has a different goal of how many people they're looking to have in their room. And you might not want to stay in a room with 10 people, but then again, you might because that room's going to be cheaper than a host hotel that only has two or three or four people in the room. So if you're a room host, be honest about how many people will be in your room and where they will be sleeping. And if the bed space is already taken, let people know, hey, you know, we've already got these number of people staying in beds and all I have left is floor space, and here's how much it's gonna be. So did you have any questions so far about payment or deadlines? Do you have any suggestions for people about, you know, what deadline do you, do you have you ever had a deadline for people? Well, or do you just know we just pay off the room and we're done? We pay off the room and we're done pretty much. We don't, you know, when people share the rooms with us, we usually just collect, you know, at the beginning of the con or if you know or if they add parking or if they you know have extra stuff then they end up settling at the end of the show we don't do it you know like okay you have to have all your money to me by two weeks before the con or anything like that but i do know that there are people out there doing that yeah i think that comes down to how long you've known that person if it's somebody that you've never roomed with before then i definitely do think it's smart to have hundred percent of their money before they get a room key because like i said siren call of the dealer's room so if you because if you wait till the end of the weekend to ask for money you know you might you might not ever get it i mean they could just legitimately not have it so i think that's why i don't rent my room to strangers so yeah i mean i've stayed that's actually how i've met people is i ended up staying with somebody that I didn't know. It was like a friend of a friend and that's a whole big other story. But yeah, I've done it both ways. And I've actually found that as long as the person I'm talking to wants the same kind of room environment that I have to offer or 
I want the same kind of room environment that they have to offer. It worked out fine because we don't actually spend a lot of time together during the convention, We're both doing our own thing. We'll probably just see each other in the morning and at night. And other than that, we're, we're out at the convention. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I mean, very that's, true. that's how, that's generally how it's ended up working for me. Mm-hmm. Well, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Zan? Well, I didn't get to talk about transferring a room because we ran out of time. So hopefully I'll do that next month. But I did want to do a quick warning that I have heard the hotels are cracking down on people uh, in terms of scalping. And that's been a, a problem on and off throughout the years. So when it comes to being a room host or a roommate, if you're looking around for a place to stay, do the math. You can easily find out how much a room is going for and make sure that you are not being taken advantage of. Nope. Definitely make sure you're protected, that you know your rights and, you know, find out what the person paid out for the room. And, you know, like if you need to, you know, say, Hey, I'd like to, you know, share the room with you, but you know, what did you pay for it? And, you know, be, you know, fair about it. There's a ton of people out there who are looking for roommates to share and be sensible about it. And also when you're doing that, make sure they're not cramming 18 people into the same room. Well, some people might want that. So I think even more important than knowing how much they paid for the room, how many people are staying in it? What days are they staying? Are there any extras for the room? Are you paying somebody extra because they're buying all the food and drink? Like Thanks. it's not just a, it's not just a matter of how much did that person pay for the room? There's all these other factors. And we talked during the segment about all these questions that you can ask to make sure that you're having the experience you want to have. Maybe you want to stay with 10 people. Maybe you only want three people in the room. Of course, the math on that's going to be different. Exactly. Well, thank you once again, Zan. We appreciate it as always. And now, once again, we have joining us uh, Kevin Batchelder from the Newbies Group, among other things. Welcome back, Kevin. Thank you. Great to be back, folks. Absolutely. And uh, we'll get right to it. Um, you know, I, I noticed that uh, one of the concerns, well, a lot of the times we get uh, talked about or we get asked, and people, even people who've been going to DragonCon for many, many years, are like myself, are like, there's so much to do, so much to see. How how can you organize this? How can you handle it? How can you manage it? Are there any sort of tips that, or sort of rules of thumb that you and maybe some of the newbies uh, group folks have come up with to sort of say to help, like, kind of ease people's um, being over, from being overwhelmed entirely when they get there? Um, short answer: No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Longer, more helpful answer is, yeah, I mean, you really do have to realize, especially if folks have been to other conventions, you know, the early questions tend to be, okay, I'm going to be coming, uh, tell me what the other can't miss events, or tell me how I get a grasp on the important stuff. And and the shorter answer is you can't, there's too much of it. Um, in that sense, you know, what, what, uh, what Mike might consider to be the three or four can't miss events. I don't go to any of those. The three or four I have, he might not even have heard of half of them. Uh, It's a bit of a kid in the candy store. There's way too much to pick from. You can't eat it all. So do yourself a favor and just realize you're going to miss stuff. Um, Now, hopefully you don't miss the stuff that's important to you. And by that, we mean this is where preparation ahead of con can come in handy. 
you know, you've got 35 plus programming tracks, events running from 10 in the morning till past midnight, you know, <laughs> on an every hour basis. Um, just do the math. That, that's hundreds or thousands of events that are in there. So um, realize that you're probably going to want to prep a little bit, narrow down your focus. What's important to you? Is it parties? Is it panels? Is it celebrities? Is it events? Is it meeting with friends? You know, and trying to prioritize a little bit gives you a better shot at being able to manage some of the information. And, and to your point, the fact that it took us years to actually finally meet face to face means that we don't do a lot, we don't share a lot of the same interests. Um, the, uh, um, and yet we managed to, you know, do our thing at DragonCon. It's amazing. Yes, um, that's exactly what it is. Now, as far as tools goes, I think the app has been a very, very good tool. Uh, that's come about um, uh, the news this year that they're doing away with the daily um, the the pocket program and they're going to have a more magazine formatted quick guide should be interesting to see if that uh, helps schedule because I do remember you know for the longest time I on Thursday we would get there we would register we would get our pocket programs and then we would just all sit there and dive into them and go you know, with a highlighter or a pen or whatever, and be like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. I mean, you kind of, you kind of have to approach it that way. I, I know that a, quite a number of people in the newbies group, uh, when this subject recently came up, uh, seem to have a pretty good rule of thumb is decide on at least two things that are absolute musts for you to do that day. And then make sure that you do everything you can to do those two things. And then everything else, just wing it. And that's an approach that works for a lot of people. Uh, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'll certainly recommend that. But I also, you need to know yourself a little bit, too, in that um, some of the things that folks don't know coming into this con is unlike many other cons where a certain celebrity that they want to see might only do one Q&A panel the entire weekend. At Dragon Con, most of them are doing one every day. So if you need to see Celebrity X you might want to look at when their panels are in the course of the weekend and what it's up against so that maybe Friday isn't the best day to see that person. Saturday looks like it is because that might then impact what you do on Friday. If the timing of that person's panel is up against three other things that you're kind of interested in. So this where it can be a bit of a, 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 you know, like a chess game. There's a lot of moving pieces there. And I don't say this to, to make people think that, oh, my God, I can't have fun. I'm going to have to need a master's degree. No, not so much. It depends on how deep you want to go. Some people literally don't look at the schedule till that morning. <laughs> that's, their, that's their breakfast routine. Flip the page, whether it's in an app or in some type of printed form, and do it that way. And that's cool, too. Just And, and it, much like Mike was saying earlier, since he and I don't tend to do some of the same things, it could take us years to run into each other. That doesn't mean we're both having the most awesome con in the world because – you get to program your con. You get to pick what's important to you. So realize that, unlike some other cons where you're going to see the same people, maybe at every event because there's only two or three to pick from at a time, there could be 30. So, you know, you do have to factor in distance with the five hotels. You know, by the end of the day or early evening after a lot of walking, you might not want to go three hotels away to a panel. You might be looking for events that are more geographically close to where you're at. That might become more important late in the day. Um, the same way if you need to get in line for a celebrity type event, you probably want to be there maybe an hour before it. So you're going to look for something that's closer in that direction. So, you know, you can maximize what you get out of the con by doing some thinking ahead of time. But as we often talk about on these 
um, segments. Uh, the schedule is very fluid. Sometimes things get added that morning or canceled or changed. So you can't put it in stone. But, you know, maybe think about, as we've said, those important things that you want to try to do and then classify everything else as hopefully I might get to it. And then maybe if you don't today, maybe it rolls to the next day. So, you know, pick what's good for you. Giving a answer and saying it applies to everyone, you know, again, whether you're the planner type, the type A, or you're the wing it and just see what happens then that advice is of very little value. So realize that there are a lot of ways to do it and maybe think about it a little bit ahead of time. Yeah, a good point. I mean, if you're the type of person that, you know, gets off on everything needs to be on a spreadsheet and on a schedule and in a Google spreadsheet, you know, on, on the, the Google app and all that kind of stuff, because you can do that. You can really do that. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and just have, I mean, you can have just as much fun as the person who just, you know, sitting around going, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, where are you going? Oh, that sounds fun. I'll follow you. Exactly. I've had, a, yeah, I've had a blast doing that, and I've had a blast looking, like you said, the older days, and we can still do a bit of it with the printed guides, even if it's changing. I mean, I would use a couple of color highlighters. You know, one color was those, oh, I got to see these things. And another color was, hey, it'd be really great if I could. And the other one was, hey, if it's convenient, I'll go to this. And then I would. And then in typical fashion, you'd start coloring it all in there. And then I'd put it down and look at it and go, oh, my God, five of these events conflict. And this other day, it's got a two-hour block with nothing to do. So, you know, it's the flow of the schedule and, you know, take it and do that way. But maybe what a lot of people do that seems to help, if, especially if you're brand new, is we mentioned go to the DragonCon website and take a look at the fan tracks page, the 30 or so tracks covering those specific topics, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek you know, urban fantasy, whatever it might be, if you've got something that is just your niche, then you might want to start looking at that Facebook group or Twitter account, whatever that particular track does to interact. And maybe a couple of months ahead of con, start to see the events they're talking about doing, because those might be the ones that are your cornerstones that you want to know about ahead of time. So that's where a little pre-planning, especially this far ahead of time, can come in handy. You'll start to get a little more of a feel for what might be there. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also make sure that um, for those people who are really interested in the Walk of Fame, interested in celebrities, uh, because uh, celebrities are now bouncing around cons this same Labor Day weekend, either mostly in Toronto, please make sure you know which days that the those uh, celebrities are going to be there. Because uh, that that is that Dragon Con's been pretty upfront with saying this person's only going to be there Saturday and Sunday. This person's going to be there all weekend. This person's going to be there only Sunday and Monday. So just just look at that and pay attention because you don't want to miss out on an opportunity like that if if you know they're going to only going to be there half the time. Yeah, and as you said, the con does a great job of posting that with their official info, and that can drive your schedule. A lot of folks, if they are there to see that celebrity and you want to go to that Walk of Fame for the autograph, I mean, that's just a walk up and stand in line. But also, a lot of folks want to do those professional photo ops, whether it's yep. one or two or multiple people from a show or movie. Those get scheduled. You don't get that scheduled until sometimes, you know, 24, 48 hours ahead of con. So that can totally blow up all of your planning. So realize that, it, again, you know, we say put nothing in pen, put everything in pencil and realize that it can change because, yeah, I mean, I've seen people have this wonderful grid and then they find out that photo op they got to have is smack dab in the middle of it. <laughs> and that's, yes. you know, you don't get to change that. Although sometimes there'll be multiple days they do it. So, but the point is there that, yeah, flexibility and starting to think a little bit, start to talk to some of your other friends. 
Absolutely. So preparation and flexibility. That's what we're that's what we're saying. Yeah. Well, very cool, Kevin. I appreciate it once again you spending a little bit of time here. I know that uh, you know, with less than a hundred days to go, time is valuable. So Yes, we are certainly starting to get folks who are a lot more serious now. So I, I know it's the double digits days as we call it. Right. So um so where can people find you? Uh, for any of our newbie-centric stuff, if you go to dragonconnewbies.org, we've got a blog post that'll pop up there listing links to the Facebook group and lots of other resources. And as far as my genre TV podcasting, all of that's over at tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir, and uh, we'll see you next month. Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Dragon Con Report. But first, a couple of Dragon Tales. <laughs> Starting with Kevin. Uh, Kevin, uh, you, have you got a Dragon Tale for us? That's that's your price of admission for joining the show. Yeah. <laughs> you let me up here on the show, but uh, I got to deliver now. Let me think. Um, I've already told you my kind of secret origin of how I started coming to Dragon Con. Uh, you know, one one uh, kind of favorite memory of mine from the convention, and actually, Mike, you were a part of this, and I think we, we've discussed this at times, but uh, as a few years back, as I started getting more involved in uh, participating as a panelist at DragonCon, and I started with the um, American Sci-Fi Fantasy Media Track, and I still do a lot with them, but then uh, a few years back, I reached out to American Sci-Fi Classics, and uh I keep very busy with that track these days. But uh, when I first reached out to them, I didn't know them. I didn't know, you know, Joe and Gary are the the uh, directors of that track. And I'm just kind of a nobody out there in the world and, and just very gingerly sent them a message saying, hey, could you possibly use uh, another panelist this year? And this was only even, I think, a few weeks out from that convention. This would have been 2013, I think. And uh, Joe wrote back right away and said, yes, come on, come on in. And he sent me a list of panels that the Classics track was doing and said, we need people on these panels, sent me a list. And again, I wasn't sure how much can I ask for. I, I don't want to, you know, kind of put myself out and kind of try to do more than uh, maybe I'd be welcome to do. But I kind of, I picked out three that I thought I could contribute to and said, well, you know, if you have space, I, I could possibly do this one or this one or this one. And Joe, again, you guys know Joe. He wrote back right away saying, all right, guess what? You're on all three. See you there. Joe is just a guy who just can't say no. <laughs> They're so discerning. You have to go through this huge process to try to get in. It's really like a challenge. The fact that you made it through the gauntlet, uh, I might applaud you, sir. And somehow made it. And uh, yeah, that, so that first year, I did some panels for uh, the Classics track. And uh, it, was just, it just felt like home to me. And it, that has really continued to be uh, one of the one of the tracks where I really feel at home at DragonCon every year, and we did a panel that year uh, called the Super Vehicle Showdown. And Mike, you were on that panel with me, as I recall. I was. And this is one of those just kind of a goofy tournament. We just picked out a bunch of vehicles from classic sci-fi TV and movies, and we just debated what's better, the Batmobile or Kit from Knight Rider, and so on. Just a bunch of vehicles like that, and just kind of did like a tournament, ultimately arriving at what we voted was the greatest vehicle. And that's a fun panel, and then they, they do panels like that every year on the Classics track. When that panel was over, we were all still up on stage, and out of nowhere... 
Joe said, let's do another tournament. And we started just making up another tournament kind of panel to do on the spot just to fill the space before the next panel started. And Joe came up with monkeys versus minions. And he wanted a, a bracket of monkeys and apes from classic sci-fi. Sci and then a bunch of minions, such as, you know, the red shirts from Star Trek and, and so on. And there was something really special about that that moment and that panel and that the audience was just so into it. People couldn't believe it was happening. We were all just giggling. The room just got so silly as we were, people were yelling out, what, what about Grape Ape? And it was absolutely, Grape Ape's gotta be in the tournament. And, uh, you know, Gleek from the Super Friends, get him in there. Dr. Zayas, uh, I think I contributed Peter Tork for the monkey's bracket. Wow. <laughs> and it was just crazy. And again, the clock was ticking. People are coming in for the next panel. They didn't know what was going on. And uh, it was just one of those moments where we're just, just, just something kind of crazy and improvised just really works. And everybody in that room had an absolute fantastic time. Yeah, I agree. And uh, just, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, but um, I really did not want to be on that panel that day. <laughs> um, I, uh, I had gotten drafted to do two panels in that room and not to, not anything against Joe, Gary, or that track. I do not have anything against them, but for some reason I had been put on two panels and um, this was early on when, when I had heard that you cannot like DragonCon takes their panels very seriously. If they assign you to a panel, you have to do it. Like you, if you if you didn't if you say you're not going to do a panel, that'll count against you, and they'll probably not ask you to back as a guest, et cetera, et cetera. There there will be repercussions, right? So I was like, e. So I better, you know. So they had put me on this uh, earlier that day. They had put me on a panel involving um, TV shows that have to do with time travel, like Time Tunnel and and all that. And I know none of those shows. Uh, so. <laughs> I was on this panel with four people that were talking about these science uh, fiction uh, time travel shows that I had no knowledge of whatsoever. And uh, I still tried to make that one interesting um, because I started talking about TV shows that I was familiar with that dealt with that had a time travel episode in them. Um, so that helped a lot. Plus, I, I try to get the audience involved whenever I'm on a panel. So that actually helped uh, a lot, too. So that was one panel. And then the other panel, because anything that takes me away from my table, sometimes I'm kind of like, well, I don't really, that's not my expertise. I'd rather not do that panel. I'd rather be at my table uh, talking to, you know, fans or trying to sell books and whatnot. So uh, so the second one that day was the superhero, Super Vehicle Showdown. And I was like, well, this is just going to be, I don't know what this is going to be. It's a tournament thing. I don't really know. I don't really understand what's going on. Uh, I think Van Allen Plexico was on that panel as well. Yes. Uh, so I know Van a little bit. So I was like, okay, I didn't know Kevin at all. No. Um, uh, I think, we, I think we, we probably met on stage that day. <laughs> we probably did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so, um, and uh, yeah, but the, once that panel got started, uh, it was obvious to me that there was something, it sounds so corny, but there was something special there. I mean, the the way that we we were not really, you know, it's not a panel. It was a true fan panel experience where everybody in the room was involved. Yeah. And it was just a good feeling. People just loving, passionate about uh, certain geeky things and bringing, it, and bringing it up and having a lot of fun. A lot of jokes were made. Um, I believe you recorded it. Is that right? 
As a matter of fact, I did. If anybody so, wants to wants to hear this amazing, wonderful panel that we're talking about, uh, I just looked it up right now. If you go back into the archives of uh, my podcast, the Flopcast, it is Flopcast episode one hundred thirteen. One shameless plug, shameless plug, shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, that's all right, man. I I don't know if it can <clears throat> if it can properly recapture the magic, but I definitely look. Uh, I definitely recommend that you check it out because it was. Uh, we didn't want it to end so much so that we did a, a an impromptu one right at the <laughs> end. So, and I think to this day they still do tournament showdowns. I think they call it something else like Sci Fighters or something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's been branded as Sci Fighters, but they pick some kind of a crazy tournament subject every year on the. Uh, American Sci-Fi Classics Trek. Yes, I find it hard to believe that they can recapture the magic that well that we did, but still, um, that was pretty awesome. So, yes, thank you for that. That was a that was a great. That was one of my. It, I went in going, oh, I don't know if I want to be here at all. Too, that might be my one of my favorite panels that I've ever done to this day. Uh, it was such a, a great experience. <laughs> Um, so very cool. Well, thanks for that. We want to hear your dragon tales. <laughs> so please submit our dragon, uh, your dragon tale. You can send us an audio clip through our um, uh, email. You can also uh, use our ESO feedback line, 404-963-9057, and leave a message. Please try to keep it under five minutes um, and uh, tell your story. We'll play it on uh, the air. Uh and uh, you also, like I said, you can submit the email, dragonconreport at esonetwork.com. Or if you just want to write it down, a, a couple months ago, we actually had one that someone had emailed us, and uh, I read it. I hope I did it justice, but uh, that was a pretty fun story as well. So, so now it's time to draw a close to our fifth episode of the 2018 DragonCon Con Report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us. Thank you to Eternal Zan and Kevin Batchelder with their segments, and much thanks to our station crew. Thanks, Kevin. You made it through a, your debut on the Dragon Con Con Report. <laughs> this was terrific. I was so happy to be here. Uh, I've been listening to the Dragon Con Con Report all these years, and uh, great to be a part of it. And I uh, certainly look forward to seeing all of you here on the call uh, in, man, just a few weeks down south. Yes, absolutely. Uh, before then, where can people find you online? Well, I host the Flopcast uh, right here on the ESO Network. And uh, we do a very silly, ridiculous, geeky show every single week. And you can find us at flopcast.net. Awesome, awesome. And it is a great show. I do, I, I'm not just saying that because I, I do listen to it every week. So. Wow, thanks. Absolutely. And uh, thanks to our other station crew. Thank you, Mary, for joining us. Absolutely. Anytime. It's a blast. And I, I didn't ask it at the front, but I, I will ask uh, at the uh, now. Uh, so are you are you all set uh, costume wise? Oh, well, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it, it hopefully it'll come together. Of course it will. I have no, <laughs> I have no doubt. So oh, I know I th this isn't your first rodeo, right? True enough. True enough. And thank you, Darren. Oh, you're welcome, gentlemen. Anytime. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you, Mike, for which, of course, none of this would be possible. As always, it's my pleasure. We try to cover all we can with these reports, so but keep up with the latest news. Please check out the official DragonCon website, social media outlet, particularly the Facebook page. Uh, most of the information uh, comes there, hits there first. 
Uh, and all the tracks of uh, Dragon Con are active on Facebook, uh, various social media outlets as well. So uh, try to track them all down. Um, that is an intended pun, by the way, um, because uh, that's where you'll find out where they're uh, going to list all their panels. A lot of them are starting to submit their panel schedules. Um, so if you want to be part of it or if you just want to check out what the schedules are going to be like, what the panels are going to be like for uh, the various tracks, uh, get involved now. Uh, we can be found on Facebook as well, Twitter, Google+, Stitcher. Uh, we want you to be part of the discussion, so please feel free to join us uh, by chatting with us, uh, joining our Facebook group. Uh, we love to chat with you guys. The Dragon Con Con Report is sponsored by Orderlands Comics and Games in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. It's not that far a ride from Atlanta, Charlotte, even Nashville. For more information, check out all the details at Borderlands. US. And be sure to check out our Amazon link at the top of the ESO network site. It doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff, and it really does help us out a lot. We also have a T Public store, and we have a Patreon. So it, uh, you can really help support us by joining, like clicking on one of those three links, if not all three. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. Hey, Mike, just, just in. I'm already signed up for five panels already. <laughs> I don't doubt it. See you next month, kids. I saw Catacron, but I'm out on the road again. I'm on the road again. But I'm so Catacron, but I'm out on the road again. I'm on the road again. ESO, seven years of keeping it really geeky. Hey, what are you trying to do? You ruined my record, man. I just bought it. Hey, you guys! How exciting. <laughs> Spoilers. In six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hi, hi, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll light? Bye-bye. The Earth Station One podcast. It's time to let your inner geek out to play. You can find them at www.earthstation1.com or up on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.